Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God, would you stand with me, please? Wow, I love scriptures like that, that are sung. I wonder, as David was writing that beautiful psalm, I, I wonder if, um, if it might have sounded like that uh, as he played upon his harp. No matter how it was sung, it sure has a powerful, powerful message. Amen. This morning I am preaching Open Up the Windows, and if you have a workable knowledge of the Bible and you've seen my text, you, you know that this is primarily used as a, uh, a, a tithing or a giving scripture. Um, and let me just go ahead and tell you that's not what my sermon is about. However, I do want to tell you that I've had numbers of people who have taken the tithing challenge and have begun to tithe, and God is not failing. If you're not presently tithing, you are robbing yourself of blessings. You're, you honestly are. You, you, you need to, to do that because it opens up blessings. Now, I'm, I'm just going to tell you something. If I was a sinner, I would tithe. I would. Um, be, because I have seen what tithing does. And um, so anyway, that's my, my I, I wanted to go ahead and put you at ease where you're not waiting for the big one. Oh, uh, I know he's going to talk about money. No, I'm talking about opening up the windows today. But I want to point out something to you in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. And, and while you're turning to Malachi 3 and verse 10, I know it's up on the wall, but I hope you have your Bibles. Because I think that's important for us to check out the pastor. Make sure he's preaching right. Amen? Amen. God told Moses to, um, he, he was ready to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. And he met with Moses on the backside of a mountain and gave him instruction. God met with Abraham because he was getting ready to birth nations. And he met with him and started talking to him. God met with Mary and because there was a Christ child that was getting ready to come into the world. And I am not saying I'm Moses or Abraham or even Mary, but I am saying that God spoke to me to preach this. Now, if God told me to preach this, it must be because he desires to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. It must be that God is saying, I want you to tell the people to get ready, because I'm ready to pour out a blessing. God doesn't start something on one end without an intended end. 
And I believe someone is getting ready. I believe someone is going to get the downpour. Amen. And you might say, well, I hope I'm the lucky one. There's nothing lucky about it. God has enough for every person here. Amen. 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 Here's what the word of God says. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I, everyone say I. I. Now this is God talking. He said, prove me if I will not open up the windows. Everyone say windows. Plural. Look here, plural. God's got so much blessings, he's got windows. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Amen. Wow. So in this, if we stopped right now, we would be able to say that God said, I will open up the windows and I will pour and you're not going to be able to contain it. I want that kind of blessing. I want that kind of outpouring. Some of you have been doing your homework. Some of you have been doing your prayer work. Some of you have been uh, doing the things that you know that will align yourself with God. And I believe God is now positioning himself to open up windows again and pour out blessings. Amen. I am ready to receive. Heavenly Father, we open up our hearts and we now say, dear God, Please open up the windows of heaven and pour us out blessings that we'll not be able to contain. We ask in Jesus' lovely and precious holy name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Windows of heaven was first mentioned in... Uh, in Genesis chapter 7 and it was where in the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month the 17th day of the month where all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened Here's what it simply is saying, that when the flood came, God opened up the windows and poured out a flood on the world. Now, windows of heaven opened up for divine purposes. It, it happened three times, opened up in Christ's earthly ministry. It opened up and in Luke chapter 3 at his baptism. And the Bible says the heavens were opened. And there was a voice that sounded and said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. It happened again at the Mount of Transfiguration in Luke chapter 9. And a voice came out of the cloud and, and began to speak 
And then it happened shortly before Calvary in the book of John chapter 12, actually verse 28, when there was a voice of heaven that spoke to Jesus at that time. So there is communication that happens through the window. Now I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to stand back up with me. Everyone stand up. And I, I want you to do something right now. I want you to reach up like you're taking the latch of a window and unlock it. Okay. Now, you would think that that would help get things going. But sometimes, if you've ever painted or had someone else paint, sometimes paint seals the window. I'm afraid that there's a lot of Christians, they have the window and they've opened the latch, but they've had crud build up and it's kept them from being able to open up the window. Are you with me? Do you understand? Sometimes uh, a little bit of paint will make it almost impossible to open that window. But now here's kind of what I'm going to ask you to do right now. I just want you to take your imaginary window and I want you to shake it because you're breaking, you're breaking the, the, the crud. You're breaking the crud. And then I want you to, with your imagination, I want you to open up the window. Now look here. There. Oh, hey, hey, I like the way some of you are doing it. Look here. Some of you just cracked your window. There was others that I saw, that, man, you opened up the window. I am telling you, I hope that if you just crack the window, you'll revisit your window and open it up big. Look here, I believe faith is building already in this house because someone opened up the window. Before church started, someone said, you know, we open up windows to refresh the environment. Uh, yeah, you know you've been in a stinking situation. Some of you have been in bad relationships and it stunk. Some of you have been in bad environments and it stunk. What you need is for your window to be open where the breath of the Holy Spirit can blow through and change the environment. Amen. Now, don't you put the window back down. Some of you, your window is broken. It's already trying to ease back down. I want you to take your imaginary board now and prop it up so that that window cannot get back down because today we're opening up not only our window, but we're asking God to open up his window. Would you say amen and you can be seated? Praise the Lord. Now, I just want to tell you that the windows opened up at Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says there came a sound from heaven and, and the Holy Ghost was poured out. And, and this happened from heaven. Uh, it, it, the, the window opened up for Stephen, who was the first martyr and he looked up and he said, I see Jesus. And he's standing on the right hand of God. And, and so while he is in a, a, a terrible situation, the window of heaven opened up. 
Have you ever been in that spot where life was just dealing one bad deal after another, but somehow God might have given you a dream, God might have given you a vision, or either you heard a sermon or a song that changed your vision from your present circumstance to your heavenly circumstance, and the windows began to open. I'm telling you, God wants you to have open windows. And then the windows open uh, up for Simon Peter. He was on the housetop at Joppa in Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 16. And, and Simon Peter, he was there and he went into a vision, somewhat of a trance. And God began to show him things to come and was revealing to him about his ordination, his ministry to the Gentiles. And praise be to God for that because if you're not a Jew here today, you are a Gentile. Overwhelmingly, who I'm preaching to today are Gentiles. Thank God, God opened up the window and he said, not just the Jews, but whosoever will let them come and receive. So when God opens up the windows, praised his wonderful name, he is reaching out to each and every person. Now, not every time that the windows open was that something that you would jump up and down over. Uh, see, in, in Genesis chapter 7, when God opened up the window, he was pouring out judgment on the earth. The Bible says it repented God that he had made man. God was sorry that he had made man. Understand this is in Genesis chapter 7. The world wasn't even that old. Man had gotten that corrupt. What God looked down on is that man's, uh, man's behavior had become increasingly sinful. In fact, the Bible says every thought and imagination of man was continually evil. God, when he poured, opened up the windows and poured out a flood on the earth, it wasn't because he hated man, it was because he hated sin. I just want to tell you today, if you're regarding sin, you're going to reap havoc in your life. You're going to reap negatives in your life. You're going to, sin will always have a negative effect in your life. Now, you're not shouting right now. You're not even clapping to that. But the truth is, we must hear this before we can enjoy the blessings. We must know that for God to pour out blessings, we need to be clean. We need to be clean. See, I, I preached last week that we have access, but God does not regard sin. If you've got sin in your life, it has to get out. Or either there is judgment that comes to it. When God spoke to man, Adam and Eve, he said, in the day that you eat of the fruit, you'll die. You'll spiritually die. Uh, I, I don't want anyone leaving here today thinking that what I am doing will be okay because I'm not as bad as that one. 
I'm not as sinful as that person. I'm not as uh, ungodly as that one. Uh, don't compare yourself to other sinners. If you're comparing yourself, look here. I, I just want to, uh, uh, this is kind of graphic, but go ahead and receive it. I'm a crazy preacher, so I'm going to put it out this way. I don't stink as bad as dog mess. Wow, what a compliment. But that's what you're saying when I'm not as sinful, I'm not as bad as that person. Come on now, dog mess is dog mess. If that's what you're comparing yourself to, it's idiotic. And sin has a penalty. See, now, God poured out this and, and listened to this. Why he did it is because sin had gotten so rampant. And I was thinking about our world today. Now listen to this. If, if you and I, in our world today, if I kill a bald eagle, that is a felony punishable up to five years and listen to this, and $250,000 fine. I read also, and this is verified, back in 2010, there was a person that was charged with unusual cruelty to animals. That particular charge went as a two-year felony charge and a $5,000 uh, fine. Two years in prison, $5,000 fine. That was because they were cruel, this is a fact, to a gerbil. If you abuse a dog or a cat, that is, uh, that carries up to a five-year sentence in prison if you abuse a dog or a cat. But in our world, you can go to New York and brutally abort a baby and don't have a fine. You don't have a penalty. But I will tell you that God is going to pour out a penalty on a nation that regards that. And we cannot regard that. God will start opening up windows of punishment. It's disgusting. Someone can abuse a gerbil and get more time than someone brutally a, a, a murdering a baby. In South Carolina, I didn't look up every state, I looked up South Carolina. In South Carolina, if a pregnant woman is hit in an auto accident and her baby dies, you can be charged for either murder or second degree murder because you have killed a person. 
It's amazing to me that the high dollar insurance companies will pay off on that when laws say that that which is in a woman is not a human. They sure will pay for it. Why? Because they know it is a human. It's just been, now I'm not here today preaching on abortion. I'm here today saying that when God opened up the windows of heaven, he was seeing junk just like what I'm preaching about. And, and when he did, he said, it makes me sick that I even made human beings. He opened up his window and started pouring out judgment on the world. I'm here today to tell you that God is capable of pouring out judgment, but that's not God's desire and that's not what his will is. It is that he opens up windows of blessing and how you keep windows of judgment being opened up on you is to have a covering. If you've sinned, all you have to do is say, I'm sorry. If you've sinned, own up to it and say, I have sinned. I've done contrary to the word of God. Get it right with God so that when God opens up his windows, he's opening up windows of blessings on you, not blessings of cursing or windows of cursing. So let, let's move on. There's windows of opportunity that happen. Uh, and, and that Rahab uh, she let the spies down out of the window and it was an opportunity for her to save her house. Uh, it, there was, Paul was let down in 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 11. He was let down through a window because he had been preaching the gospel and people didn't like what he was preaching. So a window of opportunity was for him to escape and get away and they lowered him in a basket out of the window. So it was a window of opportunity. I believe some of us have a window of opportunity today that God will get you out of your mess. God will get you out of your problem. But you have to uh, take advantage of the window. And, and then there's windows of testing. See, Elisha and the king of Israel, Elisha opened up the window and he told the king, he said, I want you to shoot the arrows. And, and here's some arrows, take them and, and shoot them eastward. And, and he opened up the, king, uh, the window and the king shot. But the king did not shoot, I believe, three times. And Elisha said, you, you didn't shoot enough. You had an opportunity. And now your enemy is going to be able to withstand that. You should have shot more and you would have utterly defeated your enemy. Some of us have the windows open, but we're not shooting any arrows. We're not doing anything to defeat our enemy. I wish someone right now would pull out an arrow and say, I'm gonna get busy because I want God to open up windows and I want to defeat the enemies that are against me. Elisha also prayed and, and he shut up the windows of heaven. He, he went and told the king, he said, it will not rain until I say it's going to rain again. 
I want you to hear that. Someone buy into what I'm preaching right now. Elisha was a man. He was a human. Raise your hand if you're a human. Wave your hand if you're a human. Some of you wives may be looking at your husbands like, well, that's good to know. <laughs> Elisha was a human and he took authority over the windows. And he said, until I speak the word, those windows aren't gonna open up. There's not gonna be any rain because I said there's not gonna be any rain. If he had that kind of authority, what kind of authority do you and I have? Look here, we're born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We're full of the Holy Ghost, got the power of God working in us, and yet still we let the devil beat up on us week after week. Yet still we let people do. Look here, it's time. It's time for you to start declaring, opening up the windows of heaven. It's time that you shut the windows that need to be shut, open up the windows that need to be open, and say, I'm in charge here because Jesus said I could be in charge. He said greater things than these shall you do for I go to the Father for you. We've got the authority. We need to start opening up windows. Daniel, when it came time to pray, I preached on this not long ago, he opened up the windows. He opened up his windows and he prayed to a God that heard him. I, I, now, when I thought on that particular subject here, Daniel could have gotten through to God without opening up a window. We're in this sanctuary and there's no windows in this sanctuary. Yet still, we know that God meet, meets with us here. He hears us when we pray. But Daniel opened up a window and he prayed. Why was he doing that? It was just symbolic. I, I'm opening up. I'm opening up, God. I'm not ashamed of you. I'm not ashamed to approach you. I don't care who hears that I'm praying. I don't care who knows that you're my God. I don't care who hears my prayers because I am serving the Most High God. How many of us, we not only have uh, our windows shut, but we also have a curtain drawn in front of it because we certainly don't want anyone to know that we're a Christian. Amen? Oh boy. Well, I've lost my crowd right here. <laughs> Choir, will y'all stick with me? I hope you will. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've shut ourselves in. We're closet Christians. We talk about closet homosexuals and all that, but there's, well, what's worse? What's worse, a closet Christian? Come on. It's time that we start opening up our windows again. It's time that we unlatch it, pull it up and say, I don't care. I want the world to know that right is right and wrong is wrong. I want the world to know that this is the standard by which I live. This is the standard by which I lead my family. This is the standard uh, uh, who I trust in. I believe that there is healing in his word. I believe there is deliverance in his word. I believe there's hope in his word. And I don't 
don't care who hears it, whether it's a politician, whether it's a lawyer, a doctor, an Indian chief, whoever it is, whether they believe the way I do or not, whether they're Muslim, whether they're Hindu, I'm still going to serve the Lord. I'm not worried about being politically correct. I'm not worried about if, if they are happy with my thoughts. I am concerned about making sure that the one that hung the world in its place, the one that made the stars and the moon and the sun, the one who breathed into man's nostrils and they became a living soul as long as I keep him happy. I don't care what the Hindu thinks. I don't care what the Muslim thinks. I care about what he thinks. And if I take care of him, he's going to take care of me. Windows. Then here it says in Malachi. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. If you'd put that back up for me. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. That there may be meat in mine house. And I want to start from that point. And prove me. Prove me. Prove me. How we, step up here if you don't mind just a moment. Basically what God is doing is this. Put me to the test. What do you want me to do? Let me show you how big I am. Let me show you how powerful I am. Now, hear me. God didn't say, Howie, if you have a financial need, I, I can help you up to the I, I can help you up to a couple of hundred thousand dollars. I got you covered. That would be a pretty good thing, but you'd be going, God, that's all you got? <laughs> or either God could have put this and said, Howie, if you need some healing, I, I got you covered. Um, I, I, I'm good at doing... Um, uh, taking care of flu and cold, backaches, um, cancer. I hadn't, I hadn't been able to work that one out yet. But, but put me to the test. When God put this out there, he said, prove me. Prove me. I don't know if you're grabbing hold what I'm preaching here today. No limit. No boundaries. Prove me. Let me show you what I am and how I can do. Oh, oh, you need, you need food. I'll rain it down out of heaven. We'll call it manna. Oh, you, you need, you need the water's parted. 
just stretch out the rod, it'll be taken care of. Come on. You need your tax money, go fish. When you open up the fish's mouth, there'll be enough money in there to handle it. What God is saying, you are looking for the practical, the, the one that you can figure out. I'm just saying, prove me. Uh, just put me to the test and I'll show you I can handle it. Somebody needs to understand that God is challenging you. You ever seen some people on the playground? Cross that line. Knock that stick off my shoulder. I heard one guy say, how big a man do you think you are? That's what God is saying. God is saying, I've got you. I've got your back. I've got you covered. If you'll prove me, put me to the test. Okay, I'm getting ready to meddle. I'm just about done for the first time. I want you to hear me. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit checked my spirit not long ago. Because someone was telling me of an ailment. And the first thing out my mouth was... A medicine that I thought would help them. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I tell people, by his stripes we're healed. And I'm going, look here, I heard this medicine. It really works good. I walked away from there and the Holy Spirit, I mean, spiritually now, pulled my pants down, took a switch and wore my hiney out. Your God might not spank you like that but mine did and and said well that was pretty good reverend that was real good reverend you told them to go to that source you didn't even tell them about me Look here, I, I got somewhere, I got on my knees, I knelt down and I said, dear God, I want you to forgive me because I was going around the source. I was telling someone something that might work, might not, but you always work. You always make a way. You always have the answer. I want to tell you something today. I want to start proving God. I want to rely on him and believe on him because he's a way maker where there is no way he is a help in the time of need and he's got big windows he said prove me if I will not open I will open I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing Man, oh man, I love this part of the sermon right here. I, I just want you to get a picture. God's in heaven. He's opening up the windows. That, that congregation at Bethesda, they've been worshiping me. 
They've opened up their windows. They did that crazy stuff the preacher asked them to do. They just did it by faith. They've got their spiritual windows open and I've been wanting to bless them. I've been wanting to pour it out on them. I wanted to supply their need. They're ready. They're anticipating. They're looking for it. And now I'm ready to pour it out. And I don't know how God does it. I don't know if he has it. In, I, I just would think that a 55 gallon drum would be like a thimble to him or even smaller. I don't know what vessel he does. He might have something like a fire hose that he sets up and he says, I'm going to really show them. I do know when he poured, opened up the windows of heaven and flooded the earth, it didn't take very long, but he had enough to flood it for 40 days and 40 nights. So he had a pretty good supply of water up there. I'm just telling you, I believe he's got a pretty good supply of blessings today. I believe he has miracles and signs and wonders that he's I believe, he, I believe he has uh, the healing touch for arthritis and bursitis and gout and heart ailments and tumors and cancer and, and, and whatever that you may name. I believe he's able to supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I believe he has marriage therapy here today. I believe he has what you need. And if you'll just allow him, I believe he will pour it out on you. Okay. Want you to stand up where I can end. When we anoint people with oil here, we we just put a little dab of oil. But Jackie and I were we're at a, a uh, we were we're at a tent revival and the guy he warned everyone. He said, I'm just telling you, I don't anoint people like other people do. He said, so if you come back tomorrow night, I, I'm going to pour oil. And, and so I, I thought, okay. Well, when we got there, he had bottles of oil like, like this. Bottles, lots of them. And, and sure enough, when, when people went up there, this guy was taking the oil and he was pouring it. I mean, it was going down. Now, he called all the preachers up first, and I said, praise God, I'm going to be a poorer, not a poor E. And, uh, and, and I got there, and he said, we're going to anoint the preachers first. And I went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, he poured and when he did, it felt like, not that I've had an egg on the top of my head, but I guess that's what, it, it went splat. And I put my head down and a big went down on the, and I said, oh, praise God. And I put my head back up and then it just started oozing. It just started pouring. And, and for the first time, I got what, being anointed like, an old time priest was anointed. Uh, the Bible says how good and how perfect it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the oil that ran down upon the head, even Aaron's beard. It, it just ran, it just poured out. A at the end of the service, uh, when it was over, we went out to eat and, and this was back in the uh, 80s and, and, and 
uh, part of my head was slicked down and the other part wasn't and I looked like a punk rocker and we 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 went into Burger King and the, the lady looked and I said it's a long story ma'am and uh, but, but but wow what a what a move of God that there was an outpouring now today I'm not gonna pour oil on you there's a God that's gonna pour out on you but something has to happen you have to open up to let that blessing get to you you've got to open up to let that blessing get to you i believe that's why god had daniel to open up the window symbolic where he would say you open up and if you open up i will open up he said prove me put me to the test prove me put me to the test prove me let me show you that I'm more powerful than Muhammad prove me let me show you that I'm more powerful than Confucius prove me and let me show you that I'm still alive I wonder how many of you have ever had a real encounter with God so here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. If you're not a Christian, you're blocking yourself from all the blessings. If you're regarding sin in your life, you're, 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 you've got your window shut and there's, God's not going to bless you through that. He's not going to do it. But all you have to do today is ask him to forgive you. If you don't have healing or a miracle that you need, I want you to symbolically open up the window. When you open up the window, I believe God's going to start pouring out on your life. So I'm going to ask you to do something with me. This morning, I'm going to ask you to stay where you are. Because I believe God is going to meet where you are. Now, if you feel like you want to come to this altar, this altar is always open. But this morning, I feel compelled to ask you to stand where you are. But I want where you are that you would open up. Now, already you went through the act of opening. And unless you let that window back down during the sermon, you don't have to reopen it. But I'm asking you right now to prove God. Prove him. To see if he is all that he says he is. He is. If you need healing, salvation, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, signs, miracles, wonders, whatever it is, I want you to open up your heart right now. Open it up, open it up. I want you to think about your heart with a little window in front of it. I want you to open up that window, come on. In Jesus' name, I want you to picture it. God, I'm opening up myself to you. Here it comes. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to ask every person, every individual, I'm going to ask you to start petitioning God for what you need from Him. And then I want you to, I want you to say, God, I'm not challenging you. I'm just proving you. Will you do that with me? 
Will you do that with me today? God, I'm not challenging you. I'm proving you. Man, I'm telling you, God's getting ready to do something. I, I, I feel it. I feel it in the house. Glory to God. All right. Now, would you just raise your hands toward heaven? Here we go. Father God, right now, right now, we get ourselves into a frame of worship. We've got our windows open. And now, dear Heavenly Father, we're not challenging you. We're proving you. And you said that you would open up the windows and pour us out a blessing. God, you know what my personal need is. You know what our family needs are. You know what the needs of the church are. You know what we need before we ask, but now we're asking. And while we're asking, we're believing. Oh, here it comes. Amen. All right. As they sing, I want you to petition God where you are. Come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.